Gray, and you're listening to Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Hey, Greg. Hey, Polly. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, who we got on the pod today? Today we have Ashley Tarvis. She's the director of Lucy's Hearth. Oh, wow. I haven't heard about Lucy's Hearth in a while. No, no, they're doing a lot of great work. Um, definitely want to know a lot more about the the um, homelessness in Rhode Island, and I'm looking to to go right to the source to help me out. Excellent. Yes, I'd be interested in hearing that too. I heard a lot of changes have gone on there since the last time I um, looked into Lucy's heart, so I can't wait to ask about those either. Hmm. Be interesting. All right. So without further ado. Today, joining us on the Totally Preventable Podcast, we have Ashley Tarvis, the director of Lucy's Heart. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you, and thank you for having me. Our pleasure, our pleasure. Great to, to have you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm cutting you off. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ashley, to, to start off, can you tell us, um, our listeners and our community, uh, what is Lucy's Heart? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, Lucy's Hearth is a 24-7 facility for families experiencing homelessness. Um, we have been serving the community on Aquidneck Island and in Rhode Island since 1984. So next year, Lucy's Hearth will be 40 years old. Wow. Today, we can provide shelter services to 15 families at a time, and we also provide some permanent supportive housing in scattered site apartments in the community. Wow, that is awesome. So um, how much of a problem is homelessness in Rhode Island? Well, I think on any given day, the numbers are a little bit different, but I did wanna share with you all, um, the Rhode Island Coalition to End Homelessness, they do a point in time count um, once a year and they did it this past January, and it really just says on any given night how many people are experiencing homelessness. So on the night of January 25th, 1,810 people total were experiencing homelessness in the state of Rhode Island. Um, and of that, 595 of them were in families. Wow. Wow. Um, myself and a couple colleagues here were part of that um, That point in time night it was like the worst night of the year it was wet and snowy did you hear me complain about it the next day I did, <laughs> I did. felt bad complaining though like it, we couldn't be out there for three hours walking around like we weren't living out there so crazy now Ashley in in your opinion what is the biggest misconception about homelessness I would have to say that it's just the stigma that exists. Um, a lot of people think that homelessness happens because the person or the family did something to cause it. And sometimes people don't have control over their experience with homelessness, or there have been many complex barriers and traumas that have happened that have contributed to kind of the downward um, of them becoming housing insecure and eventually homeless. Now, what is the correct terminology? Like I've heard homelessness, I've heard unhoused. What is, is there a preferred? Is there a correct? What is the, what was your take on that? Um, I think my take on that is uh, the 
the people that we work with often have are disempowered by um, systems. So I think it's always important to use person first language. Um, so at Lucy's, we like to say people experiencing homelessness because they're not their homelessness. Um, they're not their housing insecurity. That's just an experience that they're having. Well, I really like that take. Yeah. Um, what obstacles do you face at Lucy's Hearth? Well, there are many, I would say funding for the work. Um, you know, uh, community buy-in, support, um, and really gaps in service where we as a system try to kind of meet those needs. Wow. Man. I can tell you how we try to overcome our gaps though, if you'd like. Yes. <laughs> So at Lucy's, one of the big things we do, we try to really collaborate with the local school systems and the providers. Um, I think families might be reluctant to reach out to the shelter systems. So at Lucy's, we really depend on Aquidneck Island, um, on the Middletown and Newport school systems to kind of reach out and say, hey, you know, we've found this family experiencing homelessness. Can you provide a referral? Can you provide support? Uh, so we try to really collaborate with a lot of those communal community providers. Um, people come to us from all over the state. So um, I just hope that school systems and other cities and towns uh, collaborate with the coordinated entry system in order to get people over to us. Now, reading on your website, you mentioned wraparound services. What does that look like at Lucy's Hearth? Yeah, for sure. So Lucy's Hearth, we follow a housing first case management philosophy. And that really means, um, you know, a person can have so many barriers. Uh, they could have um, eviction, they could have credit issues, they could have mental health, uh, substance use, but uh, we can't expect a person to address any of those issues if they're first trying to find where they're sleeping every night. So we say putting a house over a person's head is the first step. Um, but we recognize that there are other things that are priority in families' lives. So when we say wraparound services, we mean, um, you know, we give them, we help find access to education. We help find access to mental health services, substance use services, skill building, employment services, um, whatever a family uh, really determines that they need. Um, and we help them determine that through our intake process, we do like a service plan where housing is one option, is one goal, always one goal, um, but then the family will present to us what other goals they have. So it might be um, family resiliency or it might be budgeting or, you know, whatever they whatever they decide. Hmm. Did, I'm just thinking, did you see, Lucy's Hearth used to be just women and children? Yeah. Okay. Because as I was reading along, I was like, what? This is families. I, I thought when I first heard of Lucy's Hearth, it was just women and, and children. Yeah. And that only changed recently, about 2016, 2017. We did a pretty significant capital campaign um, and we moved into a new building in, in town and uh, we were able to create an environment that provided more privacy to families. And we were able to start taking in all family compositions. So fast forward to 2023, um, Lucy's Hearth has been home to grandparents raising grandchildren. It's been home to single moms, single dads, um, expecting families, multi-generational families. Um, you know, there's really very low barrier for access as long as there's a minor child in your, uh, in your family. Is there a length of stay? 
Yeah, I mean, we try to get we try to help people find housing within three to six months, but uh, we're just in the middle of such an incredible affordable housing crisis. So Lucy's Hearth length of stay for uh, this last fiscal year was about nine to 10 months. So I would imagine homelessness is um, causes a lot of trauma in a child's life. What do you guys do at Lucy's Hearth to combat that or help with that or so support the kids? Yeah, so um, something I'm really proud of is we have designated children's activities and victim advocacy staff, um, qualified professionals who provide after school activities, um, homework help, but also social emotional learning, um, access to family systems therapies, um, treatments, things of that nature. Our victim advocates work with the families that have expressed histories of victimization, whether it's on the adults, um, in the adult's life or in the family's life or in the children's lives. And we try to just um, connect our families and kiddos with appropriate resources, but also with our children's activities program, we try to create a really nurturing environment, um, you know, to not to normalize their stay there, but so that kids have access to extracurricular activities that they might not normally have access to, um, support with transportation. Um, you know, we were lucky this last year, we got a grant to help uh, families pay for sports equipment so that their kids could do, you know, school sports or dance or things of that nature. Um, so we really try to emphasize like a positive family life and healing among the, all of the family members. Great. Greg and I, I think we we're just, I think it was you and I that were just talking about how expensive even like town recreational sports can be, you know, so that's super. It's huge. And a cost that I think a lot of people, for, you know, forget or don't think about, you know, especially if you have more than one child, mm -hmm. that you see that the discount or the sibling discount is only like $10 difference, but it's still a, a chunk of change. And if you're trying to save to right. in a house at home. Yep. Or if you're in one of these activities where it's a monthly cost for a child, I know it, and different things like martial arts, karate, stuff like that. It's a monthly charge and it's a big chunk of change that can come out. Yeah, for sure. Now, with uh, families, with family homelessness, we've alluded to it before that there's many different um, many different factors that can come in to cause homelessness. How do you prepare for um, for clients coming into Lucy's Hearth who are experiencing different reasons why they're there? How do we prepare for to support them? Yes, yeah. So every family um, comes to us with a unique circumstance. I can tell you that no one, no two families have ever really been the same. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts from the first phone call, we are gathering information about them. We do a comprehensive intake assessment where we ask them about their history with homelessness and housing, their history with um, abuse or neglect, any type of um, trauma histories within the family um, so that we can really start to paint a picture of what that family might need. Um, and before they get here, we're communicating among appropriate team members, um, what support that that family is going to need the minute that they come in. So it might look different person to person. It might be 
that one family might need um, access to med medical care when they first get here. So we'll collaborate with local agencies on that, or it might be um, that a child is um, has some significant education needs. So we'll communicate with the homeless liaisons through the school system. Um, it really depends on what each family individually needs and which person, what each person in the families individually need. But I know that you didn't ask this, but in a, in a way to help families feel more comfortable, we try not to overwhelm them when they come in. We do, you know, as much as we can over the phone when they first get here, we foster, um, you know, an environment of support. There are policies and structure that we want families to be a part of, but we give them some time to adjust. Um, if they're coming in with kids, uh, I mean, obviously they're coming in with kids. So if they're, um, we ask them, you know, what are their children's likes and preferences? And we try to put toys and activities in the room before they get there. Um, we have a, an extensive donation supply of hygiene, clothing, um, those types of things. So, you know, when a family gets here, sometimes they don't have anything with them. So we try to help them um, regain some supply as well to have that sense of normalcy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how much are you able to work with the schools to help with the child's academic issues or, or just their academics? I think we collaborate really well with the school system. And, I, you know, there's always room for improvement in every area. Um, you know, we're never doing anything perfectly because everyone is unique and human. Um, but we try to notify the school systems as soon as we get a family in. Um, we have obviously we have family sign releases for the schools, the hospital, um, and if they identify any service providers so that we can communicate appropriately. Um, but we'll call, you know, our homeless liaison um, through whichever, you know, th usually through Middletown schools, because that's where we're located. Um, and we'll just kind of see what they need. I mean, we've attended IEP meetings with families. We've helped advocate for behavioral needs, um, you know. As if a family comes to us and asks for that support, we want to provide it. Wow. Mm -hmm. I know one of the great things that I saw, you know, as doing the research for, for this particular podcast was that your team pretty much encompasses everybody you need for a support system. I mean, there's case managers, social workers, counselors. That is something that you don't see at very many places. I mean, that is a huge kudos to Lucy's heart for thinking, for being that forward thinking to having all those supports right there to help out a family as soon as they come in the door. Yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out. And when we moved into this building in 2016, we actually consulted best practices for trauma-informed care. And I think that's where a lot of that came from. Um, but we've got some really, really um, qualified professionals and really passionate people um, providing those wraparound services. But that's, you know, I say wraparound services and that's exactly why, because families have very unique needs so there has to be a unique array of service provision mm. i think that's overlooked so many times i mean you go to places and then you're trying to get that support and let me tell you it's like a three-week wait if that's if you're lucky it could be a three-month wait um what's one message that you would want the community and our listeners to take from this interview I think that homelessness can happen to anyone for any reason. Um, and there are supports in the community that are appropriate and efficient, but there's also not enough support in the community um, without even going into affordable housing. 
there's only five family shelters in Rhode Island. And I just shared with you in, in on January 25th, there were 595 people needing family shelters. So that, you know, there's, there's a very, very large need. And I think, you know, even when people think it's not in my neighborhood, it is, you just don't know. Right. Mm. Um, is there anything that the community can do or is there anything that Lucy's Hearth is doing to, to break these systemic challenges such as affordable housing and housing shortages? I think it's a lot of education. Um, what homelessness is and how people get there. And, um, you know, recently we've been doing a lot of work advocating with landlords. Um, you know, people are nervous to rent to families experiencing homelessness um, because they don't know the reason that they got there, but it really could be that you just, I've had this experience where a mom was in an apartment that the kitchen caught on fire and the landlord decided not to renovate. So they just couldn't stay there anymore. It wasn't, you know, negligent or anything like that but people come to homelessness in any way um you know i think it's a lot of changing the messaging around it um and people that do struggle with those harder things like substance use use mental health issues um there are appropriate supports for that too We, we deal with a lot of misconceptions and stigma here around everything. And a lot of people have one um, one idea in their mind or one one snapshot of what someone that has homelessness looks like or that has substance abuse issues or they, they don't consider all the other um, reasons someone might be in that situation. And there's a lot of trauma and trauma can present itself in non-attractive ways and the reality is there's a function behind every behavior there's a function behind everything um, so it's more it should be more like looking at what happened to the person versus what's wrong with the person i just hope that this i mean i also see and hear a lot of the stigma that goes along but i also see the the reluctancy of the person experiencing who doesn't want to reach out for help. It could be a prideful thing or just wanting to keep it under wraps, but it's great to know that the services like who's like Lucy's heart and getting choked up here <laughs> are, are out there. Uh, uh, Ashley, how can the community help support Lucy's heart? Well, my first answer is always donate your time, donate your ability, donate financially if you can. Um, everything we do comes from donations of, 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 you know, man hours and support that we can get. But I think another big thing too is raising awareness. Um, homelessness is a problem that Rhode Island can solve. We're the smallest state in the country. Um, you know, there are answers and there are people that are really qualified to create these systems of change. Um, you know, the Rhode Island Coalition to End Homelessness guides all of us providers in really innovative ways. Um, so just really supporting your other community members because those people experiencing homelessness, even if they don't have a set address, they're still part of your community. Mm -hmm. Very true. Can you share some success stories with us? I've had so many and I just think it's really lovely because one of my favorite things about this job is 
you know, having that mom come in that just, she feels like everything is going wrong, but then she can actualize her own ability and strength and really be empowered to make a change and to break generational cycles and cycles of homelessness. Because sometimes people come to us and they say, oh, I was at Lucy's when I was a kid. So it's all they've known. Um, it's hard. But some success stories I might share. Um, let me think. We had a family that had some adult children in it. Um, parents were getting older. And I don't remember exactly all of the barriers that they were going through, but we were able to pick apart everyone's needs because, and treat the family like unique family members across the board. We were able to help a, a, the older teen get into college um, at, at, at CCRI, one of the local community colleges. We helped mom access um, phlebotomy training at the Aquinnick Island Adult Learning Center. Um, and really just provide, we just provided resources and they took it and they ran with it. So that was really nice. We've had families come in, you know, that have had, that have been experiencing homelessness their whole lives and be able to advocate across a system and get long-term subsidies and be able to, you know, there's so many stories of getting a person to connect with a mental health service and really resonate with it and do well, um, you know, there's so many notable achievements, but it all blurs because people come and they become heroes of their own. They become heroes of their own story. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't do anything. We just say, here, we have some tools for you. Awesome. One of the key things I look for whenever I'm going to make a donation or whatever I want to um, interact with an organization, I always look at the person giving me the elevator pitch or telling me the stories about their organization. I look for exactly what you just did, Ashley, the smile. When you're drifting, your eyes are wandering and you're just, all those memories, all those success stories are going through your head and you see the smile on that face, you know that the person is passionate about what they do and they're back in their organization. So those are the big things that I look for. And I just saw it as you were doing that, as you were relaying those messages and, and stories of success. So great job. Thank you. I have a lot of pride in my team and I have a lot of pride in those parents that come through and just really demonstrate their resiliency. So as you were telling your, your first story, a question popped up. Is there an age limit for when uh, for for people to enter Lucy's heart? No, I mean, the caveat is they have to have minor children, but they can have adult children with them, too. Um, a lot of times we try to see if we can resolve, if there are multiple adults in the family outside of the, you know, parent relationship, we try to see if we can resolve homelessness um, independently. You know, you have a 21 year old who might be able to start getting their own apartment or get a roommate or something like that. We might try to help them with that, but there's no barrier on that. As long as there's a minor child in your custody, um, your family could be here. And are there any upcoming upcoming events or campaigns uh, by Lucy's Heart that our listeners can get involved in? Yes, absolutely. Actually, on September 14th, Lucy's Hearth is having our 12th annual Fall for Lucy's Hearth fundraiser. Um, it's a, uh, our signature event for the year. And, um, you know, we'll tell stories of success and we'll honor some community heroes and 
will really just educate our community about homelessness and the resiliency that people face while they're experiencing it. Um, we're, have, we're doing that at the Wyndham Hotel. I don't know if I just said that, but it is from 6 to 8.30 on September 14th. And the save the date will be going out hopefully this week and people can access information about it on our Facebook or on our website. And if a family is experiencing, experiencing homelessness, they can either reach out by phone or, or get contact information on your website. Is that right? Yeah, I can explain it a little bit. So, um, I don't know when it started, but I want to say maybe 2017, but don't quote me on that. Uh, the state uses a coordinated entry system for people to access shelter and referral. Um, you call a phone number 401-277-4316 and you speak to um, an intake worker who might do an assessment with you to find out exactly what your needs are, um, what your level of acuity or crisis is, and what your preferences for shelter are. Um, and then they'll refer your family to a shelter that has an opening. So we might, that might look like Lucy's Hearth gets a referral for a family of four. So we'll call mom or dad and say, Hey, we got your referral. You know, you still want to come here. This is kind of what we do here. Um, and then we put them through the necessary background checks because, you know, it's families. So we have to make sure we're safe. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we try to get them in as soon as possible. Um, but people can call us too. They don't have to call coordinated entry. We just can't take people in off the street because um, like right off the street, we have to get referrals through the system because uh, they, you know, put people based on level of acuity and need. Um, but we have staff trained in doing these assessments. So someone could just call Lucy Sarth and say, hey, I need to get into shelter. And we could do it right there with them. They wouldn't have to call coordinated entry. And will kids be able to stay in their school systems? Yes, so the McKinney-Vinto Act in Rhode Island um, allows for that. So that's a big part of the collaboration we do with the school system too. And I think that's why naturally we, we collaborate so well with the school system because we've had children going to Central Falls, Pawtucket, Warwick, Coventry um, from anywhere. Um, so we'll call the homeless liaison, the designated homeless liaison in Middletown and they'll help coordinate with the other statewide school systems to, make, to set up transportation. Um, we always give families the option. Um, McKinney-Vento protects them to be able to stay in the school system as they finish the year so kids aren't disrupted, but sometimes the family might decide together that, you know, an hour and a half bus ride each way is more detrimental than joining a new school system, so we leave that choice to them. Can, can a person call for advice? Maybe a person who might be a little reluctant to to, to come in, can they call for advice to see, to learn about like the McKinney-Vento? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a big piece of the um, community responsibility Lucy's has, because even though we only serve 15 families at a time, you know, we need to be a resource for our community also. So providers can call us, individuals can call us. Um, we get calls all the time about domestic violence resources or local pantry resources. And we try to make sure we know what kind of what's available in our community so we can point people in the right direction. Cause I find that, you know, someone might build up the strength to call Lucy's and it's not the right place for them to be calling for whatever their need is, but I don't want them to be discouraged. I want them to feel like they got some information from us and feel empowered to make that next phone call because sometimes it takes so much to just pick up the phone and make that first call. Very true. 
Oh, I feel like I've learned a lot. I, I thought I knew a lot about Lucy's. Um, I think maybe 10 or 15 years ago, we brought some Girl Scouts there with donations. And I want to say they made pancakes. Does that sound, sound like something you'd allow Girl Scouts to do? <laughs> I don't know. You said, what was that, like 10 years ago? <laughs> maybe more. It was when you were at the other location. <laughs> so we love little activities like that. But we do have some rules around, um, we have a commercial kitchen, but we uh, go through the Department of Health to get it licensed. So in order to do that, we have to have people that like have food safe certification or people, you know, we partner with the local colleges and they bring us food from their cafeterias, which I think is really nice, but it always has to come from a licensed kitchen. So the answer isn't no, but it's it's very specific. Yeah, I'm going to have to maybe talk to my girls about what we did there. I don't know. But for some reason, I think pancakes. Maybe we brought supplies to make pancakes. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> and Ashley, for those listening who do want to get involved and do want to connect or providers who want to get connect, what's the best way to contact? They could call us at 401-847-2021. Um, we are open 24-7, or you could visit our website at www.lucyshearth.org. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do for the community and the families and um, for coming on and educating us on it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll see you again soon. All right. Awesome. Bye-bye. I'm Polly, and you've just listened to Totally Preventable. Totally preventable. Totally preventable.